I think a common memory that all of us have had in one way or another is when you're very young, four, five, you're at the grocery store, mom is taking you there, some other similar place, and maybe she's just too fast for your little legs to keep up with, or she cuts around a corner too quick, and the next thing you know, you're gone, you're lost. Mom is nowhere to be seen. I don't know quite what it is about young children at that moment. Why would she leave me? Does she not love me anymore? Am I not wanted? It's kind of funny, uh, you know, when we think about it now, practically, it's obviously not the case. It was an accident. But that kind of existential fear that sets in, I think there's, there's a point to it. And I think the apostles had something along those lines when they watched Christ ascend into heaven. They'd just been through the horror of having him captured. And St. John watched him die. And they knew that he was dead. And they saw where he was buried. And they hid in the room for three days for fear that the same would happen to them. And then the joy of him coming back in the resurrection, he stayed with them for a month. And then they, he takes them out of the city. And they're like, all right, this is, this is going to be it. He's going to restore the kingdom to Israel. He's going to take care of all of our enemies and the people who've been mean to us. But no, he left. Why would Christ leave? Every action of Jesus Christ is for our salvation. Every breath that he took, every step that he took, every word that he said is for us, for our salvation. Why would he leave? What does that have to do with our salvation? Wouldn't it have been better for him to stay so that we could see him and trust that, you know, we'd have words directly from him. We wouldn't have to argue with each other about what he meant. He could just tell us. I think a clue to understanding this comes from the Gospel of John that we heard a few weeks ago when Mary Magdalene met Jesus outside of the tomb. And at first she didn't recognize him thought he was the gardener, but when he called her by name, she recognized him. And then this is one of the funniest passages in the whole gospel. Uh, He says, stop touching me, because obviously she just grabbed on and held on. This was the person that she thought was dead, and now he's alive. But that's not how Christ wanted Mary Magdalene to know him. He said, do not touch me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. Christ does not want us to merely know him as we know one another. He wants us to be able to be closer than that, to have a closeness with him that no ordinary human relationship could match or could attain, closer than we are to our family, closer than we are to our closest friends. And that is the closeness of faith and of his presence in the sacraments, after he raises up to heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He wants us to know him so deeply as God, not just as another man, not just as someone very special, not set up the way we would set him up if we wanted to set things right, but his way, by faith and by love. And he leaves us two means to be close to him and to access that closeness, that intimacy with him that he is longing for. And those two means are the sacraments and the poor. 
In the sacraments, Christ is more present to us now than he was to all of the people who saw him in Galilee. When he tells us, this is my body, it is. And when we eat it, we become one body with him. And so we should go to Mass. Did you know that there are two Masses every single day in this church, and sometimes more on Sundays and feast days? This summer, when the, maybe the kids are home or you've got some extra time from doing yard work, you can come and you can see Christ right there on the altar. You can take your kids and they can see Christ and they can get to know him and grow up knowing him day after day and have that great closeness with him. Go to Mass more and more. Long for Christ present in the Eucharist. If we're feeling broken and wounded and we've hurt ourselves through our own sins, Christ is longing to heal us and he's there in the priest in confession. So go, reach out to him. He's there for you. When he said in the Gospels to the paralytic, paralytic man, your sins are forgiven, he does that in a deeper stronger, more efficacious way in the sacrament of confession. If something is bothering you, go get it taken care of. Christ is there. And as we're prepared, we receive his presence in the sacraments. Then we are commanded to go out and find his presence among the poor. When Christ was on earth, the Magi were able to bring him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But that's not enough, right? You couldn't come up with a nice enough gift to give to God that would be worth as much as he's given to you. And so Christ allows us now to give his gift of charity, of his divine presence to the poor. And so when you go out and you feed the hungry, when you minister to the homeless, when you visit the imprisoned, and you comfort the sick, you are comforting Christ. This is the way that he wants us to be close to him and to bring his closeness to everyone so that in all things, God will be all in all. And just as our head is now in heaven, Christ seated at the right hand of the Father, so we too, his body, will ascend at the end of time. And so for now, in the time that he's given us, let us approach him and come close to him in the sacraments. Let us go to him in the poor. I believe in one, in one God, God, the Father, Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord 